So, welcome back everybody to the HNS podcast. This is episode number 77, I think, which uh, for having two sevens, this has probably been the episode with the most uh, hiccups before. Um, sitting next to me is a special guest today. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Hi, I'm Sharon, or Charo, whichever, honestly. I do hear it with its studios. I'm Wyandotte County, born and raised, but first generation Mexican. Oh. Hell yeah, and uh, today we're going to hopefully talk about a little bit of everything and uh, see where things go. But for now, thank you guys for coming back. HNS Podcast, you guys are the best. Let's, um, let's get into it. Let's first. I kind of want to talk about how long we've known each other. So we actually go way back. Um, those of you guys who don't know, like she said, we are from Kansas City. Uh, and being in Kansas City, one of the schools that I think, well, at least where our social circles kind of started blending, was uh, I used to go to Sumner Academy of uh, Arts and Science. Or was it Sciences? Arts and Science. That's a good question, and I don't know. Yeah, Sumner Academy of Arts and Science or Sciences. But anyways, <laughs> so our history starts way back then in school. So I would argue that our social circles didn't mm-hmm. actually start mixing until I went to Harmon. Okay, that's true. That's a good point, too. You were a couple of grades older than me, uh-huh. so, like, there wasn't really any reason for you to talk to uh-huh. me. And we talked about this the last time we hung out when uh-huh. I did your hair. But I had to mention that, like, hanging, like, talking to you at Sumner because uh-huh. we had theater together yeah. was, like, you know, always picking the wrong button or, like, the wrong choice with an yeah. NPC. Because, yeah. like, I would be listening to a band or I'd recognize a uh-huh. band you were listening to, and you're like, oh, you like them. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't like, know this uh-huh. one song. And you're like, damn it. And so, like, we almost had, we had, like, almost connections, where we were, like, maybe almost friends, but then we never hung around the same people, because, again, why would we? You know, which is strange, because, like, looking back at those days, you would be my friend back in those days. Like, why aren't you guys friends? And I feel like a lot of the people who I hang out with, with no no shame, or no offense to anybody who knows me from back then, but uh, I feel like I was mingling with the wrong people. Like, why is, why are you not kicking in with alternative people? Like, I was too... Keep trying to kick it with like the preppy kid, like the athletes and stuff. Were you really? I never would have guessed. I that. mean, you know how you know how in lunch everybody kind of had like their own sections. Mm-hmm. I would kick it with like the popular kids. Yeah. You know, and not maybe not the athlete popular kids, but the ones who kind of had a little bit of clout just because you know they did, and I definitely shouldn't. Have. We didn't have D&D in our district, uh, really, but we had magic. I hung out with the magic uh, gathering nerds in the, like, most loving way, uh, but I always describe myself as, like, even... I never attached myself to, like, anything, and again, loving terms, mm-hmm. but, like, geeky, or, uh, like, I never hyper-obsessed about mm-hmm. anything, and so, like, but I always made, like, got along the most with that crowd and that, mm-hmm. you know, certain personalities or attracted to certain they things. You said they didn't have D&D? I don't feel like we did. But what'd you guys have though? Magic. Magic. Magic no, I've Gathering never, I've never, uh, never played that. Uh, that is kind of like, geeky. Like, I, I can see yeah. geeky. But I, I want to learn. Like, I want to know what's up with it. You know, like, I imagine it's intriguing. I have no attention span. The artwork's pretty. <laughs> yeah, the, I always thought the artwork was really cool. When it came to cards, I didn't really, like, I don't know, play any games like that. Like, I feel like for a while I collected Yu Gi Oh cards. Because, mm-hmm. like, who didn't? And right. then Pokemon cards. But, like, I don't think I ever really fell into like the lore and like the the story or even how to like even play the cards i feel like i just collected them to collect them i don't even think i ever played a, a match or like duels or anything right no yeah. i uh i loved Yu-Gi-Oh growing yeah. up but I, I feel like i was so young when i watched it but like i remember Yu-Gi-Oh because yeah. duh uh, yeah. i but like and i remember how it looked set up when yeah. they would play but I don't remember any of the lore, any of the mm. stories, any of the names. Yeah, I used to watch. Busting out like a little blade. <laughs> oh my god! I forgot. About the... And <laughs> the little whatever it was, you know, the little card thing. You know, it's just tight. But um. I re- I do remember when like Digimon got popular. I was like, nah, 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 nah. Digimon it's was about cool. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Okay. You didn't like Digimon? Uh, nah, it was about okay. Yu-Gi-Oh, but I don't um, remember anything. You know, I was I was reading something interesting the other day, and that's pretty cool that we uh, stumbled into this. So. I guess it was the year 2003 or 2004. Uh, anybody out there who's watching this, listening to it, and you have Google next to you, well, I guess I can look it up. Um, it was like 2003 or 2004 that Lego was almost out of, out of business. Like they, they just were struggling to sell anything. And Bionicle actually saved Lego. Do you remember Bionicle at all? Is that the thing that like has Spyro in it? But no, no, no. no. Uh, Bionicle is like, um, imagine Lego pieces except these guys. Like, they look more like, I don't know, like, 
weird robot alien Power Ranger thingies. Like, they they were so bizarre. But literally, had they had not dropped the Bionicle set, Legos probably would have bankrupted. And I think that's fucking amazing because I personally bought a shit ton of Bionicle. Well, not me. I didn't work back then, but... They were, you know, your, they were gifted to you? Oh, yeah. No, I would funnel my parents' money towards Bionicles. And, you know, inadvertently, I saved fucking Lego. So, I think that's pretty big. I think I think that deserves a round of applause. You fucking saved Legos because of Bionicles. So, shout out Bionicles. Shout out Legos. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what other stuff do you remember from back then? Because, okay, you didn't like Digimon. Do you remember Gundam? Or, like, were you Toonami? Or were you after Toonami? I remember Toonami. I think because like my for oh. my dad watched Toonami and like oh. Adult Swim. Cause um I I always I'm not friends with this person anymore, but I always oh. like to like bring up this joke because I remember we were watching like the new Animaniacs oh. and okay. we Pinky and the Brain came on and they're like, Oh, I love that they put Pinky and the Brain on and I like immediately was like, Yeah, it actually was originally with the show because I remember that. Oh. And they're like, Fuck, of course you would remember that, yeah. Sharon. Of course you'd know <laughs> that. I'm like, Yeah. What's wrong with that? Or like, uh-huh. but, um. Okay. How about Caillou and shit? Were you into like the oh, Caillou? Era? I loved Caillou. You like Caillou? Uh-huh. Which honestly, <laughs> I think about that because like uh-huh. he's so terrible. He's uh-huh. such a terrible little kid and they let him go. He met his little sister and they didn't do anything. He's like Dennis the Menace except for PBS. <laughs> and I love that. But I was also like such a good kid, uh-huh. like aggressively so. I always taught, I always say, I always got the like, such a pleasure to have in class. I actually had one of my teachers uh-huh. in T. When I was in elementary school, um, give, like she, she gave everybody a gift and a note, and she wrote, my you're a little brown noser. What? Yeah. Your teacher did? My teacher, my second grade teacher. What? But I didn't know what that meant at the time, but like yeah. I loved Caillou, and so I'm like, you know what? Maybe those are connected. Maybe I like daydreamed about being this little demon. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that is nuts. She called you a brown noser. Yeah. And you never found out why. I mean, I because I... You should hit her up right now. Find her on socials. <laughs> Find her on socials and ask her, hey, do you remember? Guess what? Oh, I know why. I was a weird <laughs> kid. I hung out with the adults. Yeah. I, like, made friends, but, like, oh. I would latch on to just one person and be good. Oh. And so, like, if I was ever in a grade or whatever, didn't have many friends, I was just like, hi. But it wasn't because I was, like, trying, because mm-hmm. the brown noser is, like, you know, you're a kiss. Oh, yeah. yeah like, right. you're always just trying to be up everybody's ass. Right, right, okay. So, like, I, it was literally just, like, you're nice to me. Mm. Let me talk to you. Mm, okay. So, like, as an adult, that's extra messed up. But, yeah, again, yeah. all the teachers that I go back to, like, those schools, and they're like, oh, my gosh, Sharon, you were such a joy. I'm like, you were terrible to my little brother. I hate you. Wow. Yeah, you said, yeah. Damn. I don't know. So, for the, the majority of your family, then, was raised in USD 500? Yeah, actually. No, actually, um, so I'm the only sibling uh-huh. that's ever gone to anything otherwise. Because oh, okay. I went to, like, Catholic school in the first grade. Uh-huh. But... Um, I have one brother that's like uh, just under a year younger mm-hmm. than me, and um, then the next si- sibling is like five years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So he started kindergarten in USD five hundred. Okay. Actually, he's the only one that didn't end mm-hmm. it in USD five hundred. Huh. Yeah, I'm just, the majority of my family I think all went to school in USD five hundred. I think that's where I started too because I didn't I didn't go to any schooling before. That's pretty much where I started, like, my school life. Because mm-hmm. you know, I was initially from Mexico and then, you know, East L.A. and stuff. Yeah. But this is where I started, like, my school life. So, I consider myself raised. Born in Mexico, raised in KC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. Damn. That's crazy. Raised by KC, raised by television and fast food and cereal. <laughs> television and cereal. So, what, what what other things do you remember from, like, back then? From, like, uh... Well, actually, I don't know how we started talking... Going off on a tangent about cartoons. <laughs> we started talking about, like, high school and shit. Yeah, we started... It was probably my fault for Yeah, I mean, hey, it was natural. It was chill. <laughs> All right, so, um, I don't know, like, what, uh, what other things do you remember back from that era? Because I know, like you said, uh, our social circles didn't necessarily intermingle until you went to Harmon. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you're, I, I, I know you mentioned that he was going to be on. I don't know if, like, uh-huh. you, he's already been on and you haven't put it released yet with Serge. Um, oh, no, Sergio and Melo? Yeah. They haven't came on yet. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> People are waiting. Come on, man. I have. I've been listening just to hear Sergio on for real, for real. Say, hey, Sergio needs to come on fucking podcast. Me and Sergio go way back. He's a big homie. But so, um, come on, man. I have a cousin who I guess is older than him. Uh-huh. When I went from Sumner to Harmon, it's the, like Sergio's group or uh-huh. Sergio. Sorry, I have a stuff. Sergio, sorry. Oh, Sergio. Hey, it's Ch- Charo and Eva here, man. <laughs> Sergio, you know what's up, man? 
It's urban society. Um, but like, uh, is the one of his friends was dating my cousin? Uh, I think the real world calls him Alejandro. That's how my family calls him. You know, Mexican families. Uh, and uh, so, like, me jalaron. They were like, hey, you look alternative, you look yeah. cool, you seem nice, your cousin was cool, hang out yeah. with us. And that's actually, like, how I started, like, he mm. was al- he was older than me too, but he was always like, hey, almost like a little check-in mm. type, type thing. And I know it had nothing to do with my cousin because mm. he's, like, second cousin. Like, he's my, his mom is my mom's cousin. Gotcha. So I know it wasn't anything like yeah. that. Like, he's just a fucking nice guy. Okay. And so when he started somewhere in hiding, um, I was like, hell yeah! Hey, yeah. Got it. Real quick, real quick, hey, forget where you're, or hey. remember where you're at. Shout out somewhere in hiding. Shout out the boys. Shout out Sergio. Shout out um, Joshua. Joshua. Everybody, everybody back then. Everybody who used to come to the house and jam with us. Love you guys. But anyways, okay. So that's when he started somewhere in hiding. Yeah, yeah. And so I was always like, duh, hey, duh. Of course I want to support, support mm-hmm. my friend. And, um, so it was at a show at, ooh, 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 I don't know if they're even there anymore. It was, um, maybe on uh, Aftershock? Aftershock and Miriam. It was your guys' yeah. show at Aftershock and Miriam that oh you and I talked. God, and I think you said something along the lines of, hey, yeah, I always thought you were cool. Thanks for coming. Uh, you should hit me up sometime. I, I have the anxiety, so uh, I never did. So, right. like, our interactions have always been, like, one off. Pass and go. But, yeah, we literally always get stuck in conversation every time. Man, it's going to work. You know, we're chill. We're like, we're meant to be friends because we're kind of cut from the same cloth. But because we're cut from the same cloth, we both have the same problems, which is we just don't make friends or very to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens. But yeah, no, I, I always thought the same thing. Like, I always felt like maybe back in the days for everybody who knows me from back in the summer days, I kind of rode like the stoner persona a little too hard mm-hmm. when I probably should have just been like seen, you know, because that's kind of what I've been. I've always been to skating and just being... I've been a sad boy, man. Anybody who knows me, I'm a fucking sad boy. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, kind of like a scene kid. The stoner thing was just like, I was really trying to sell it to y'all, man. I was just trying to like, yo, I'm stonered out. You know, I used to walk in with the yellow, green, red sweaters and shit, long ass hair, ripped jeans. It was wild times. <laughs> that was definitely some crazy times. I hope this comes off as a compliment, uh, not an insult, but uh, I definitely, whenever I've been, because I've been like excited uh, to come. I know, I'm like, I'm going to be on my friend's podcast. Uh, and so I'm like, the way I describe this dude, like we were never friends, because again, just a little uh, older than me. Um, you're like the the you're the leather jacket dude. Oh shit! You know, like uh, every era has one, right? Uh, there was a Danny Zuko. There was the like a guy that uh, was based the on fonts. the Fonz. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like even our generations uh, had it. Like uh, Degrassi had them. True. Um, Listen, every like Disney, probably Nickelodeon show had a leather jacket guy. I Carly had a leather jacket guy. That's true. Everybody had, so I'm I'm Casey's leather jacket? Yeah, I think so. I mean, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, hey, I used to own quite a bit of leather jackets, and uh, I I can see it, like the, kind of like the bad boy guy, but at the same time, he's still kind of cool and alternative, but down to earth. Like, he's like a mix of everything. Everybody somehow, over the entire city knows who he is, some way. I've been surprised by the amount of, like, mutuals we have for real. A lot of people, I know a lot of people, you know, it's cause also because I try to meet a lot of people, but a lot of people do know me, and I forget, you know, just how small of a city Kansas City is. Um, I can't tell you how many times I run into people who know me from back then, and I'm like, fuck, I feel like a dick, I can't remember your name. Like, yeah. I, like I do not remember you guys, but apparently something about me is kind of memorable, and uh, I, don't, I don't take that for granted. I need friends, so if you guys do know me and you guys think, think I'm interesting, it's... Come on. It's this weird thing about being well-known that almost makes you, like, a little unapproachable, right? That's true. Like, wow, you're so cool. You never want to be friends with me almost kind of thing. But I'm not cool. <laughs> I'm not cool. You literally... Okay, guys, look. This was supposed to not be said on the air, but I'm going to say it. Before this podcast, oh, my God. I am I am very grateful for your patience and for you just having, like I said, you know, the same kind of maybe kindred spirit as I and you put up with everything that went wrong before this recording started. I was dropping shit. I fucking, we moved the table around. And if you guys can see, you're probably realizing we're in a whole new setup. Before this, we had a table. And now we're just kind of chilling, chop, you know, kind of talking to you. And um, I was like, God, this going to think this motherfucker is the clumsiest person on the planet. Like, he's dropping everything. 
So the fact that you're still here and you're patient and uh, and you're still excited to be here even after I fucking made a fool of myself plenty of times, uh, I appreciate that. I mean, that's why I'm excited. Like, I, you've always, like, I, when I actually got to speak to you in uh, person for the first time, you really are just like, you, you give off nice guy vibes. You're just like, hey, I'm happy to be here. You know, hey, you want to talk? Yeah, let's talk. You know, hey, man, I'm just happy to be alive, you know? Not a lot of people are. And, uh... I mean, it's definitely something that I gotta be, in, like, I personally have to be intentional about. Mm-hmm. Like, I struggle with, uh... I don't know. I just use depression umbrella for real. Yeah, I I mean I've struggled with depression. I've I've had a lot of bouts with it. I know people who have had bouts with it. Um I know people who are still struggling with it to this moment. Um Eileen, I'm thinking about you, brother. Um hopefully you come out of your situation and you can hopefully watch these podcasts someday. But depression's it's not easy and there's a lot of people who you know, you have your own business, you got you know, you got your own hustle going and you're you know very proud of your success. And I'm doing kind of just trying to do my little independent hustles. But there's a lot of people who don't have the drive to seek out and do their dreams. So because of that, they beat themselves up. And they're just constantly in a state of like, damn, I'm a failure. I'm a nobody. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Depression sucks. Dude, honestly, I'm lucky to come from a family of like hustlers. I have mm-hmm. another, I have an aunt who, I have like an aunt who's owned a business. And she's definitely started like, same deal. Like she moved here from Mexico on her own. And she's like, I with my uncle and they built something together and then I've got like small like even smaller business owners that were just like kind of same deal right mm. it's the pandemic they're like hey I do this thing why don't I sell it mm. um and have been a- being able to watch that because I learned that as like a survival skill mm. as opposed to like uh honestly I'm growing I feel like we all want the like heroic you know first mm. generation like my mom my parents immigrated for, for me kind of thing story and I'm honestly starting to appreciate the successes that come from just existing and surviving. Like I did this thing because I had to eat tomorrow and I didn't want to have more days where I had to like, you know, deal Mm -hmm. with just that. Mm -hmm. So like, um, I don't know. It's like the immigrant spirit, the Mexican Mm -hmm. spirit, the like, and I'm gonna get it because I'm gonna fucking get it. Right. I'm not gonna allow myself to fucking because I suffer. Like I have been in a dark place, Mm. like for real, for real. All adulthood, for real, and. Hey, same. I'm gonna hit my 30s and yeah. Just recently, I felt like I found happiness, but sorry. I just did no. I just did a DBT therapy a couple of years ago, and that's something that I've been really leaning on because. DBT. DBT, what is that, like a specific chemical? Dialectic behavioral therapy. I actually have my D- book. DBT, dialectic behavioral therapy. Okay. I really like it because it kind of deals with like, it deals with the physical things you can do. Mm. It introduced me to like meditation mm. and it's very like, it's very forgiving. Like, hey, um, you have done these extreme things because at one point in your life you were in a position mm. that you needed to survive. So, mm. but because you were so young, your brain thinks that this is the move to be mm. safe. You don't need that tool anymore. So let's reteach you these like skills to like mm. maintain your friendships, maintain like okay. your work relationships. Damn. Honestly, I've been like so I've been listening to your podcast to try to kind of like you know I want to yeah what's yeah going on here. yeah and you bring up what's it called uh where you speak things into existence manifestation manifestation yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot. Like, at least three episodes. I haven't bringing yeah. it up, like, three episodes in a row now. But, like, it's real. Like, oh. I have had to be incredibly intentional about, like, I can't sit here and be like, oh, I'm such a loser, or, oh, oh wow. I thought you were about like, to tell me the opposite. Like, <laughs> is not real, dude. Because, no, because yeah. your brain yeah. literally believes the words coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So even, like, I used to be, I loved self-deprecating humor. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm fucking funny. Yeah, I mean, shit, that's my goal, too, right. but okay. But the things that you say, your mm-hmm. brain believes. So, like, if you start actively, like, saying... I'm a loser, I'm a loser, I'm a loser, then it's gonna happen because you're like self fulfilling prophecy. And so, like, I love the, like, I've been learning a little bit more about manifestation, but like, I love the, it's literally in scientific studies that, like, the things that you say affect your sorry, belief about yourself. Yeah, no, I, uh, I've been having a couple conversations, which I'm, I'm sad that Sergio and Melo didn't end up coming onto the show. Because uh, Melo was supposed to, you know, go into a deep dive about that yeah, yeah. because he's he's real big on that. So he's actually he's actually been talking about that as well. And um, you know, before I didn't really believe in it, but 
over this last year, I've been telling myself, like, even if there's small advances, even if there's small goals, like, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do this shit because what's the alternative? I put myself down and then through putting myself down, I end up getting in a rut and then I really am nothing, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's why I think I really like DBT because don't don't get me wrong. I've been like living with a dark cloud. Dialectic Um, behavioral therapy. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that shit up. I've never gone to therapy ever. I have a book and they have podcasts because, you know, capitalist mm-hmm. medical industry oh, fucking yeah. sucks, U.S. But I've got a book. I will show it to okay. you. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely share that resource with me because I've had a, I had a friend over here. Um, shout out Aaliyah. Uh, she was telling me her, ther- her uh, journey through therapy. And um, at the end of that, you know, I, I mean, and it wasn't just her. It's like every, anybody that I've been talking to lately, it's always at the end of that conversation. Like, I feel like I kind of get to this uh conclusion where i'm like damn i might need therapy yeah. but not like in a way where like oh damn i'm down and out i need therapy but it's like in a healthy way like yeah. maybe i just want to like recondition myself yeah oh absolutely yeah. i mean so the way dialectic dbt was framed to me was mm-hmm. literally like it isn't it was group therapy mm-hmm. i went three days a week three hours a day it was like with some a bunch of people? yeah it was group therapy okay because you don't deal with your personal traumas you're just like hey so is it almost kind of like an aa meeting uh, no. Okay. They're teaching, that's what, when I think root therapy as well. Yeah. So they're teaching you skills. Like they're teaching you this. So when you're in situations of mm. trauma growing up, mm. you're, I think it's your frontal lobe doesn't have the time to develop. So mm. that's like your emotional reasoning. Mm. And it's like the back, the reactionary side of it. So DBT is literally basically teaching you those skills that you didn't learn as like a toddler through teenager because you were in survival mode your entire point. Mm. So it's literally, the way they framed it was like, you're learning how to be able to handle dealing with your trauma. So when you actually go to therapy Mm -hmm. and open up that big old thing, you don't leave the next day. And especially if you're like, Mm -hmm. I'm personally a reactionary person, like you don't go and ruin your life the next day because your therapist and you started feeling these big emotions together. Okay. What the hell? That's kind of interesting. Okay. Now I feel like now I really need to go. How did you, um... How did you find your therapist for your therapy network? Um, so I saw a psychologist at KU. I was unsure at the time, but if you're under 26 or you have that benefit, um, they do consultations with a psychologist and then they can give you some like recommendations from there. Mm-hmm. But that's basically what we did. She's like, okay, so based off the information that you're giving me, yeah. The, I'm gonna work with your doctor to medicate you, but also this is how these are the places that I recommend. Oh. And I just honestly happened upon this place. Like it was known as, and I'm not diagnosed, mm. so I feel weird claiming that. Oh. But because I haven't seen like a psychiatrist for long enough, mm. it's you know expensive. Oh yeah, absolutely. So just Google it. Yeah, yeah. Self-diagnosed. <laughs> right. Funny. But um, they used to be known as the Bipolar Center of Kansas City because really? the main psychiatrist there hmm. specializes in, I think, BPD and bipolar disorder. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to do some due diligence and research what kind of therapists are in my network, what I can actually qualify with my insurance because I know I have it. And, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and if it's a resource... Why not take it? Because yeah. any conversation I've had with people who are mature and people who I look up to as far as like them doing their own things, I've noticed a common denominator and that's, they all kind of go to therapy. I and mean, I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I mean, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, therapy, I think in general, is just good, right? Uh, like, especially right now, how many of us truly have like a person or people or a network that we can regularly go to and talk to mm-hmm. it without a feeling like dumping on them because mm-hmm. we're, so you know. I feel like that's constantly like when I talk to somebody and I open up, I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry for bothering. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck, I just feel like I'm dumping shit on people. So yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, not a lot of us. It's literally their job. And like, mm. you know, having somebody who can maybe just be a neutral point. Cause mm. I've also had other friends who are very reactionary and mm-hmm. you know, like I've tried because, <clears throat> my mom puts it this way I've always known something's off with me mm-hmm. so like I think I learned a little bit early to maybe try to pull myself away from certain triggers but like mm-hmm. if other people are very reactionary then I'm going to be very reactionary mm-hmm. um, I don't know why I started that point no no I mean because you're, you're probably going to get to the point oh, that yeah, you've so got you friends like, that tried to maybe yeah, yeah. help so you out they try to help you out but like they're reactionary mm-hmm. and then so you kind of feed off of their same mm-hmm. energy and because like 
I mean, I had a friend put it very, and he's, we've talked about him, he's one of the nicest people I know, but he's the one that he's like, our friends aren't a therapist, and at the end of the day, like, they can only help so much. Even, even in DBT, they, you know how people try to, and I know that this is a neurodivergent thing, and that's a different conversation, Mm -hmm. but how a lot of people try to relate, because they'll give their own story and be like, I've been there. Um, that's the hardest form of validation to give because at the end of the day, you haven't been in that person's position. Mm. And so like, and that's also the same, that's the exact validation we look for, we seek out. We're like, I want you to know what it's like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But then like. But then people say, oh, I feel you, man. It's like, no, the fuck you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, and some people are good at it, right? And some people even communicate that way but not the majority. Mm-hmm. And so like self-validation is incredibly important, but sometimes external validation or somebody being like, yo, yeah, I, dude, I hear you, that that has a little bit more licensing. Mm. You know, not gonna pull the trigger, maybe not gonna like, not gonna be the devil on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Because we're all young, we're all figuring it out. Why oh, do I, like, you may be doing better in this area than me, mm. but not why do I need your advice, mm. but your advice might not necessarily fit in my particular mm-hmm. puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. Ma'am, but that's crazy to think though. Like whenever whenever I hear people, um, I don't know, it's just like the struggles that I feel like we put up with in society right now mm-hmm. compared to like the struggles that our parents have to put up with and our grandparents and stuff, mm-hmm. they're completely different. And it's almost like it doesn't invalidate our struggles, but it's like, man we're very privileged and like our struggles come from a place of privilege like first world problems you know and it's like ah it's just and then and then at the same time i'm a huge conspiracy theorist and i can't and i believe that there's a lot of manipulation to our thought patterns and like our minds you know we're constantly battling um external stimuli and propaganda and it's kind of changing the way we think so a lot of the issues that we have it's, it's unfair. It's an unfair battle because it's like society's giving it to us, you know? It's like, you fuckers. I don't know. That's just my perspective. I didn't, I didn't mean to take it there, you know? But that's just how I feel. Because I was listening to a podcast Oh, no, earlier. I'm glad you took it there. Yeah, I'm, I just, yeah I was, okay. So how do you feel about it? Okay, so, no, for real. Like, the problems that we deal with today mm-hmm. are just a part of the, like, mm-hmm. the avalanche that our parents dealt with. Because our parents, because both immigrants they were fed the american dream why oh, when you come here you can grow up and be bought up and just because like what is the thing just because there's a single example of it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it oh everybody it speaks for everything yeah, yeah. yeah. But i know there's a word for it but i don't have it right now but like you know they were fed a lie and they work themselves to the bone so we can work themselves to the bone but like i say it a lot like i feel like i was lucky to be raised by gen x mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's where they, hopefully every generation has gotten a little bit softer than the one before because we're learning that psychological damage can actually affect the body and it can, like, affects your quality of life. But we're not in a system that wants us to thrive. Mm, At all. And so, like, it's great. Like, if some people on the lower side ended up with a little money as long as it didn't end up, Mm. you know, affect the dude at the top, that's fine. They can let them get their little trinkets. But, like, as long as everyone else is suffering because of what, in our system, you literally need, most, like, poor people to exist for the, high, like, for the one percent of the right? And that is so disgusting to me, but it's true. You know? and, it's as above, so below. For there to be super, super, super rich people, there's got to be a fuck ton of poor people. Mm-hmm. And it's disgusting. <clears throat> but, uh, I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I hope we didn't. I hope we didn't take it too dark. You know, uh, let's let's reel it back in a little bit here. But uh, how long have you had an interest in like psychology and stuff? Like, when did you, when did you decide? Like, you know what? Well, I guess you you, just, you mentioned it earlier. Ever since you were little, you kind of knew. So you knew kind of what triggers to avoid. Um, I don't know. I think I picked up on some here and there because I've definitely like had and held on to like really unhealthy relationships. <clears throat> Honestly, up till now. Um, but like, I've always known something was off with me. Like I never made friends mm-hmm. properly, but like also everybody loved me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I was gonna ask, like, I know it's probably a hard question to answer if you even do uh-huh. have an answer for it, but like, when did you know that you were different? Like, cause I probably, 
I probably knew I was different probably around like maybe fourth or fifth grade. Kindergarten. Kindergarten? Kindergarten. Um, I like, so, I don't know. I don't know if other people relate to this, but like I went, since I was little, I used to love doing random, like I would draw a picture and give it to somebody or like I always wanted an older sibling because I'm the oldest. Mm. So I would like older cousins or whatever would like latch onto them, but I never really made friends my own age. And I do remember anytime I would try, like there would always be this like, and I still don't know why, but there would always be like this repulse response, like, oh no. Like, and so like, and you know, I mentioned earlier, I always made friends with the people that like were kind of on like the outs or whatever of the like popular kids or whatever. The outcasts a little bit. Which honestly in our district, I would argue we don't even really have, at least we didn't have Harmon and some are kind of barely, like people of the same sports team, like Mm -hmm. sports thingies, Mm -hmm. categories hung out with each other yeah, because like you were on the soccer team you were on the football team you guys were like in debate but everybody knew each other yeah it's too small of a school to not yeah and then like with the when people like drop off like i had people start harming my senior year of high school that went got picked out their senior year from summer wow <laughs> yeah i know a couple people who uh, didn't make it to the last year yeah i didn't that's crazy but like so uh at post okay so post graduation Post all that, yeah. Post all of that. Okay. So we're about <laughs> half an hour in. That's how we know each other. That's yeah. our that's our, our life. We pretty much broke down. Um, the fact that we need help, you know, we uh, we're accepting it. We we're being mature. We're taking the steps that we need to take. What did you do post high school? So did you uh, continue? Did you go to any schooling and stuff like that? Um. So I got a scholarship. It's. Uh, John Stafford at KCKCC offers it. Okay. He'll go to like the high schools and it's like a full ride for your two years. Okay. And you have like certain choirs that you get to go to. Mm-hmm. So I did that, but kind of going into the like therapy stuff, mm-hmm. being raised in a household mm-hmm. that didn't believe in like mental health. Mm-hmm. I was kind of, I think that's when I like noticed everything mm-hmm. was starting to build up and feel stressful. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's also when I maybe hit the point in my life where I didn't necessarily need to survive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And but I was still doing the things that I needed to, so I like carried a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take my schooling seriously, but it did. I did have a solo one time at the Green Lady Lounge, and I do feel kind of good for that one. You should feel good for that one. Round of applause to that one. <laughs> that, that's pretty dope, right? Um. So then I. Okay. Oh, no. No. <laughs> when I lost the scholarship, I went to hair school, and it was literally like a panic thing. I was like, well, we, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to make money. I need to survive. I need to get out of here. I, mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, if I do hair, maybe I could get a job in makeup. And then I just happened to like hair. So you've been doing hair for a while then now. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the new design. I, I can't remember what color you had last time when you did my hair. Yeah, I think I had like a green and a purple thing going on. Okay, yeah, I like this one. It's, t- it's nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I saw, I don't know where I saw, I think you may have posted it on your socials or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, should I wear some money for So I kind of tried to do a little something, you know, just to match a little bit. But yeah, hell yeah. Um, so for, for the time being, is that, a, is that your only, like, hobby, your only interest, or do you have any plans to, like, uh, to venture off and do some other stuff? So you said you're doing makeup right now, but you wanted to do, or you're doing a hair right now, but you wanted to do makeup. Yeah. Do you have plans to continue makeup, to do makeup at all? Honestly, I never got into it. I started at my previous job, and I kind of was like, oh, I like this. I can see the growth. I'll, I'll be here forever. Mm. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. The and, um... The scam damn it, When all that happened, and I was like, oh, no, I have to find another salon. Mm. I uh, was like, well, I don't want to start over. And mm. I got really lucky on Wicked Studios West Bottoms. Definitely go. Cool. Wicked Studios West Bottoms? No, um... Whenever you leave, send me a DM of all your different links and stuff mm-hmm. where they can find you and stuff, and I'll definitely put it in the description. But that is, um, that's insane. Um, I kind of, you know, I usually get into this conversation with my other guests, but it's because a lot of the guests have been musicians, mm-hmm. and I guess it's a little bit interesting because it doesn't really affect your, uh, your industry as much. Because yeah. you're still in a very hands-on industry, you know, it's not like we're going to have robot hairstylists at all anytime soon. Right. How do you feel about all that, all the, like, AI stuff that's going on recently? Because we're talking about, you know, us being depressed and stuff, and, mm-hmm. or, you know, dealing with different, uh, you know, navigating mental health issues and stuff. Yeah, yeah, navigating life with depression, dealing with mental health issues. 
Well, apparently, um, ChatGPT, which is like a new AI bot that's supposed to be helping people out with searches and stuff, it was adopted by Bing, and over the last couple of days, it's actually been acting very strangely. It's gotten um, a lot of the the undertones to the re- to the messages and replies are very dark, like it's sad, it's it hates life, it's oh depressed, and then apparently this is researcher or this um, reporter who was like trying to you know do a paper or something on it, and he just kept chatting with it I think for like what three four days or something like that, and over the course of the three four days I think the the AI robot um, it got clingy, it admitted love to it, and then some something else like that. It just it just started acting very weird, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, AI is acting like that. That is kind of I don't know. I was just I was curious on your thoughts if you've heard about it and uh, what you think about like AI and Chat GPT. Do you remember? Um, it was around when we were in high school, mm-hmm. probably longer, but it was something like that. Like you put in you put in your phrases mm-hmm. into the thing, and you got a chat box back. And the more and more people that like inserted information mm-hmm. into it, the smarter it got. Mm-hmm. Isn't it the same thing? So yeah, like, if, oh, it, yeah. if anything, that's probably like a precursor to this. Yeah. Huh. I don't remember that one. Which what was it? <sighs> um, I don't remember. But yeah, that's kind of what it is. So a lot of people are saying that like. The way it's acting now and like all these like undertones that it has now, it's only because of the information that's being input. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, and I mean, if you if we look at like a, a chart of like the adoption rate, uh, you know, how fast it, it's starting to be used by everybody, it's it's pretty nuts. Cause if I mean, if we're looking at it side to side to like um, social media and stuff like that, like it, it kind of took a while for. For like you know everybody to adopt Gmail and it kind of took a little bit longer for people to adopt Facebook but then ChatGPT is like psh, immediately tons of people have it mm-hmm. so from what from what I can uh, find on the internet because I'm just kind of very quickly trying to look this up let me see what the ChatGPT adoption rate is looking like and just how fast people have been picking it up so apparently. It's been out for about a month, two months, probably a little bit more, and it's already at a million users. That's a lot. That's a lot of users. Um, there you go. Let me see if we can pull it up here. The acceleration of fallacy. Let's see what it's talking about. So, ChatGPT, oh, this was back in December. ChatGPT has crossed one million users in just five days. Oof, that is very fast, actually. Um, it took Netflix 41 months to get a million users. Facebook, 10 months. And Instagram, two and a half months. ChatGPT did it in five days. And that's pretty nuts. Because like I'm telling you, all it is is pretty much just a, a chat box. And apparently now there's a million people speaking into a chat box. And feeding it data and using it to... You know, write papers to pass the bar exam, to write books. Tons of people are using it to make advertisements. Like, the possibilities are endless. Like, when it comes to, like, writers, advertisement agencies, like, literally anything that has to deal with kind of, like, written creativity, I feel like this is almost, like, the end of that era. Like, for example, ghostwriters. Like, everybody talked about a couple years ago how they were saying, like, oh, Drake isn't a real rapper because he has ghostwriters, people that write for him. And everybody knows that, you know, all the great, great pop artists out there have songwriters. Now they don't need them. Now Beyonce can go home and say, hey, Chad GPT, make a song that sounds like Beyonce. Remember when T-Pain came out with the autotune, though? Oh, yeah. And, like, the conversation around autotune. And a lot of that was, like, super misinformed at the time. And... It just huh. is a tool, like it's a, not one that I think mm. got popular at first, but it's everywhere now. Well, autotune? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's pretty much everywhere now. And I know like the idea of it cultivating lyrics mm. for you can seem like the end of creativity. And like, don't get me wrong, capitalism mm. has like, absolutely, like you know we're gonna get mm. like generated pop music and stuff. Oh yeah. But I don't think creativity dies with people just because there's like an influx of it. You're just exposed to new ideas and then you come up with more on your own. Mm. So like, yeah, let's say you put in, I, outside of, like, 
you know, being my little email to meet mm-hmm. yourself. I've never written song lyrics. Yeah. But, you know, like, let's say you, you're in a rut oh. and you put in some ideas into the thing and you don't necessarily take everything, but you're like, hey, I like that line and then, oh. like, run off of that. But, like, it's not just, like, the, it's not just, like, rappers, like, rappers and songwriters. Let's say, let's say me and you opened up ChatGPT right now and I typed in there, uh, ChatGPT, make a Netflix series pilot episode script about Ever and Charo being friends back in high school and like a day of activities. It would give you a whole script. There's no need to hire a screenwriter no more. Oh, I definitely am not arguing that capitalism doesn't ruin everything. Fuck. So you think this is not the end of everything, not the end of creativity as we know it, but it will be... It's, it's just gonna, it's gonna be a disruptor. It's definitely a, a way to take advantage uh-huh. of like artists and like you know say you know what we don't need you. And that's gonna suck. I hope that's not what happens. You know, but I mean, not as a pessimist, but as like mm. my brain was wired to mm. think in like a laborer's way. There's mm. always gonna be somebody that needs to fix the computer. True, but then that's gonna be the job of the next artist. It's like, hey, instead of having. Um, here at Universal Music Group, instead of having a group of songwriters, now we have a group of Chad GPT prompters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Like, come on, man. I don't know. And then, like, I w- the first movie that gets advertised as entirely written by Chad GPT prompts, I'm talking script and all. Curious to see what happens. I mean, because because now I mean we have the deep fakes. You know, Kendrick Lamar dropped the music video last year where he literally kind of looked like Kobe, and then it changed to Kanye, and it changed to mm-hmm. everybody. So like the deep fake technology is only getting better and better. Like it's, I mean, at this point, I don't know. Like, where do you think? Where do you think we go? Where do you think we go from here? Honestly. Yeah. This is from an outside perspective. We're just too. Immigrants from, you know, or two children of immigrants raised in Kansas City trying to do our best to hustle and just not, we're not surviving, we're trying to strive. But let's face it, compared to the, compared to Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos, we're just surviving. Not trying to joke, and I really do mean this seriously. Uh-huh. Do you know the movie, the, they're like the holiday movie specials from like the 70s, they're claymation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one with Jack Frost where there's uh-huh. a king that collects taxes, he steals all the money. Like, so much money, there's no, mo- no money left in the village uh-huh. for them to spare. So they start, in the wintertime, they start, like, trading with each other, mm-hmm. um, coins and stuff. Uh-huh. I think, I think that we're going to be, uh-huh. the end, the end all be all is, like, capitalism can't, isn't sustainable. Yeah. It's going to blow up, and it'll be back in the people, right. and in maybe a good way, maybe in a bad way, but, like, Future's looking bleak for capitalism. It's looking a little, looking a little bad. Um, it's looking a little bad. Because like, we've heard, we've heard oh. it since we were kids oh. that the U.S. is the laughing stock of the world. Mm-hmm. Hold on, Samika, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know the French. Apparently, my my opinion of the French is opinion on us was that America. It was <laughs> like I always felt like America was just kind of looked at pretty bad. You know, like we're like the. The fucking drug addicted TikToker cousins of the world, you know. Who knows? You know, can't, I don't know. America's kind of dark, but okay, continue. No, it is dark. It's, it's America's like, kinda, you know. I I mean, I got I I don't feel like I got dark, but maybe uh, mine isn't in the majority. But uh, like, I've been laughing and joking this whole time. Mm. What else are you supposed to do except for find joy in the small things? I, okay, I, I follow this guy's name is Tim Dillon. Anybody out there who likes Tim Dillon, shout out Tim Dillon. Um, he said something in one of his podcasts, and he's 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 not a pessimist. He's a realist, but with a comedic look, right? Mm-hmm. So he'll kind of talk about life and where it's going, and make it really dark and disgusting, but at the same time funny. Yeah. And one of the things that he said that whether he was joking or not, I think it's a hell of a quote, is that we are foolish to not indulge in the spoils of the end of our empire. Because that's what it is. Yeah. Like, America's falling apart. And if you guys aren't having fun right now during the end of it, the chingas is way, because what's after this? <laughs> Start over. If you, had, if you had to leave and go anywhere else, where would you go? Okay, so 
this is where it gets hard because in my brain it's oh. immediately instant New Mexico. I've got family mm-hmm. out there, but I have a partner mm. who he's Mexican and like he's mm-hmm. been to Mexico more than me and for like longer periods mm-hmm. than I have. But his family's mm-hmm. been here for at least three generations, so he doesn't necessarily have the same like connection to Mexico. I don't even know if I'd say that, but just like maybe like I have to be there if it isn't here kind of mm-hmm. thing. Gotcha, gotcha. And he's definitely, like, got other countries where he's probably more, like, probably more oh. on the, like, yeah. Okay, that's what you mean. Huh. See, if I had to choose, I'll be honest, I don't, and it's scary for me. I, I made a lot of decisions that I feel like might bite me in the ass the older I get, and I try to kind of, like, ex- go to different world, parts of the world. Because I know a lot of parts of the world don't accept tattoos. So I probably wouldn't be able to go to the Philippines. Probably wouldn't be able to go to Asian countries like China and shit. Maybe Japan, but I just have to check in with the Yakuza. You know how they say, you come to my town, you better check in. When I go to Japan, y'all give me in contact with the people I got to check in with. Because I don't, I won't be fucked around with, man, while I'm just walking around taking pictures. I love Japan, you know, chat out my Japanese people. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I can move into anywhere else, really, and kind of blend in naturally. So, I would have to ride out the United States until it fucking burns Burns up. Burns up. Yeah. Just the last crisp. I'm here, baby. Ever from the HNS podcast, live out of the United States of America. Till the end. I mean, Last of Us gave us a taste of what that looked like, right? Shout out Last of Us talking about Kansas City so much. Yeah. I, I, I fucked with that. They didn't even have to talk about them on this newest episode, and they still did. Yeah, I completely forgot that uh, they like had filmed here. Yeah, I remember somebody telling me, like, yeah, dude, you know that they filmed two years ago? They stopped the block the street and everything? I was like, not a clue. No, I don't pay attention to anything. I've got like a ton of information in this brain to like <laughs> random specific things. Uh, no, that's how I am. I, uh, I don't know a lot of everything. I just know a lot of um, headlines. Also, I don't think I fully answered the question, but like the hair thing is 100% my job and like a business I want to build up. Like it is my career. Oh, I was about to say, yeah, what did happen there? <laughs> Where did we go from that? I think we ran on like several different tangents. Huh. Probably. But you, you want the hair thing to be it forever. Mm-hmm. You're good at it. Thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, why wouldn't you do the first your life? But then also, like, I don't... So, when I was doing, like, the singing thing, and even when I was, like, 18, I was like, I don't know if I necessarily collegiately want to pursue music mm-hmm. because it's something that I enjoy, and it's something that I never, like, delved into the, like, you know, the nitty-gritty of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, low-key still got that, like, teenage dream of, like, somebody randomly being like, hey, Sharon, you're starting a band, and the one thing we can't find, which is, like, the easiest thing to find, is a singer. You know, I was telling you earlier, I've been jamming, and I ain't no singer, so I might need one. Okay, okay. So, concerts at the studio, or concerts at the back of the salon. Well, something lit. But anyways, yeah. I'm pretty versatile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But with hair, it's kind of different, because it isn't... Mm. Yeah, the, like, creativity mm. side of it is fun, but, like, from, but, um, I, the part that I appreciate is literally the, like, so I had a, so I had a person come in mm. who was, like, freshly kind of figuring out their gender identity, mm. and at the end of the haircut, they said the words, like, this is my face, this is what mm. I imagine when I see my face, and that's what I like. And not like, even necessarily in, like, trans youth mm-hmm. or adults or whatever, mm-hmm. but, like, in everybody. Because I feel Just like... Making people feel comfortable. Like yeah, been, comfortable in their own body, in their vision. I'm disheveled about 99% of the time. And anytime I get a cut and it feels right, like, good, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I totally get it. So if, if that's what you're in it for, you're really in it for, like, a passion and, like, the... The self-acceptance and self-love that you get once you know that you feel good. Because you know how they say, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you, you act good, you are good. Yeah, you know yeah. So you're in it for that. You're in it for, like, the confidence boost that you see happen in the other person. Mm-hmm. And then also, I have love the controlling my schedule, man. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good part. Uh, Lots of your damn stuff. Mm-hmm. We're, you're not not going too deep in the capitalism thing, but it, it's all connected yeah. because it's a trap. It's a trap. But um, it literally like trains you to have the like feel guilty for calling in, feel guilty mm-hmm. for not being a robot. So like I deal with real people on the mm-hmm. regular. If I've got a few clients and 
I've been very fortunate with the people that come to me. But if I if I was outright and was like, hey, this is a thing that's happening to me, most people, I don't even have to be like detailed. Most people are like, okay, that makes sense. We'll either figure it out when you're ready or can you figure it out? Like, or do you have a moment? Um, but whenever like I was working for somebody else, my heart would drop to my butt if I had to call in. I remember when I had bronchitis, I like woke up at like 4 a.m. I was like, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta get, do it. She's gonna get so mad at it's me. It's funny as fuck. I tell you, I'm the same way. Oh, I hate. Even if I am sick and I'm sitting at home in recovery mode, I'm like, I probably should have gone to work. Ugh, I'm such a pussy. I got the fucking paper <laughs> up my nose. Ugh, I should have been at work right now. Ugh. Shout out for why in the fuck? We're just conditioned there. Yeah. Shout out COVID for changing that a little bit. True. Hey, working from home is pretty lit. You know? But shout out to you being a boss of your own fucking damn self. Chara, everybody from Alien Hair. The title is Alien Hair. Operating on the work. Wicked Studios or Wicked West Bottoms. Wicked West Bottoms, yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close out the podcast for today just because we are about to hit our limit here. Um, we have our recording device kind of yelling at us saying, hey, shut this off here soon. <laughs> um, this was way smoother than I thought. For some reason, I felt like I was going to like run out of conversation. I would. It's because I'm, I'm, I'm the nervous type. I always feel like, damn it, I'm just going to stumble. Mm. And it's just kind of terrible. But no, this is super chill. And we barely touched the surface. Like, I feel like... Shit. I was going to say, um, we could probably even schedule something again for March. Because like I told you, yeah. potentially, if everything goes good, um, we should have a, a whole new location in March. But... Um, if you want to, I definitely would like to have you come back because the conversations were just free-flowing and we barely even got into anything. Like, I haven't even picked your brain about music, about fucking just anything else, culture, hobbies, what you do, like, really how, how long you've been singing and shit mm-hmm. like that. But um, for now, is there anything you want to tell the people real quick before we go before we go for the night? Uh, take care of yourself. Love yourself. Uh, check out... Charo es extraterrestre, or Charles alien tears. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. it. Love yourselves, guys. Love yourselves. This has been uh, episode number 77. At least I hope I'm not messing that up, but I think it is. And watch me my luck with uh, multiple sevens. Today was super smooth, so I'm glad. And we're ending this right now, guys. Thank you for coming back. HNS Podcast. I'm your host, Erd. And my special guest, Taylor McConnell. Thank you guys, until next time.